0: Good evening, lunatics. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. It's episode one seventy eight, and we are we're September 9th. one seventy eight, <clears throat> one seventy eight. So we're you getting,
1: figure we're probably what would you say an hour and a half is average, or is, yeah, probably. It's more, yeah. So one seventy eight times one point five. That's two hundred and sixty seven hours of our wisdom. It's mm-hmm. been imparted on the population and we haven't even moved the needle. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. I mean it's 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 crazy. I mean, well, you see the people that we we get the feedback from the people that have kind of binge watched it, you know. Cause that's what I yeah. used to do with Kevin back in the day or Dave Ramsey or whoever it was. I would just I would just listen to that. Nothing but that. You know? Right. And right. And you can tell the people that kind of get a little whiff and then they just want to ask questions. Whereas, you know, I'm like, well, Hey, you know, like 200 hours at least, um, your question will be answered there. I mean, I know sometimes you want a shorter answer, but this is a microwave society. You know,
1: everybody wants it and they want it now. Well, Uh, then I listen, I don't probably even told. I've had several calls this week, people wanting to, you know, ask me questions and whatnot. and, you know, I mean, I, I go down that path. There was a guy like Friday and, um, he, and, you know, he, first of all, I, I don't even, I, I'm going to have to probably put a different phone number, wherever they're finding my phone number. I get these calls. Do you get them? People mm-hmm. call you? I was no. Blue? Well, they're getting my phone number. It's probably off the website. And, <clears throat> and, you know, I don't know, I have no idea who they are, but you know, they know me better than I know them, obviously. <laughs> 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 yeah. But, uh, you know, you, you don't want to be rude or anything, but I mean, I can't just stop what I'm doing in the middle of the day and spend 25 or 30 minutes. Right. You know, talking to somebody as much as I'm sure they would like to, I just, you know, I just can't, can't do that, you know? And so, um, you know, anyway, um, that's the price you pay for fame, I suppose. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, you do, you know, you take somebody like Kevin that, that really has a brand, um, or Dave Ramsey, you know, somebody that has a brand and, then and, and once you get known by a bunch of people and I've, I've seen it with, you know, people that have become celebrities on YouTube, um, they'll, at some point they'll be like, guys, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work, you know, I know you want to talk to me. I know you want to come up to me. I know you you want me to, you know, ask me questions. Right, um, right. but you know yeah i'm sure it gets difficult
1: um well again like i said i'm, I'm not i'm i'm not complaining even though i am complaining but <laughs> i understand it but under, but help us understand too it would be much better if you texted or emailed and ask us to you know because we, we have the uh software for you to schedule an interview or mm-hmm. schedule a conference so just um send us uh, an email and we'll send you a link and you can then choose a time and set up a conference. Now, some of those are not going to be free if you want a lot of time and talk about something that obviously, you know, is not mutually beneficial. There may be a charge for that, but that's just what we have to do um, with the volume of requests that we get. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's 168 hours in a week. Mm
0: -hmm. I could use 180 you know, if I could, if I could come up with 180, that would help me get everything. Because I got a very long list. I started thinking about that yesterday. Um, if if I was to write down everything uh, that I need to get done, say in the next 90 days, <clears throat> it yep. is a
1: very, very, very
0: long well, list. Well, and
1: that doesn't include the stuff that I need you to do in the next 90 days. You don't know about it yet, so right, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Purple yet is the phone number from the American Truck Driver podcast still on? Yeah, I think it is. I couldn't tell you what it is. I'd have to look, I'd have to look it up. And I don't even know if you know about this, Larry. When I first started doing the podcast, somebody had done this, and they had like a voicemail line, and you could call and leave voicemails. And so mm-hmm. I created this Google Voice number, um. I might have even, um, we may have
1: even used it in the first few episodes that we did. Well, I think we did. I remember, because I, I didn't know what a Google voice thing was. And yeah. I remember you saying that. And I, I think we did use it. Yeah. Um, when we first, very first started, because we didn't have any comment. We, we were just, the very first ones were just audio. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have comments. So you, I think at the end of the thing, you put the phone number out there and you think like, you did take some, calls or whatever. And, and we discuss some things the next week, you know, I believe if I'm correct. About yeah. That. But, um, can I, can I put something out here that needs to be said? Sure. Go we, ahead. We talk a lot about the kind of trucks that we're looking for, lunatic trucks, but let me just, let me just make this perfectly clear. Okay. We're, we don't need, we're not going to buy your truck. Okay. You know, you, you guys are killing me with these truck offers. Okay. I appreciate that. You've got the truck we're looking for, but right now we have got trucks up to our ears and we don't need any more trucks right now. And it's, it's great that you've got one to sell, but you know, and, and more importantly, and please listen to this, please listen to this. We do not take investors. We do not let you go buy a truck and give it to us and we're going to put a driver in. We do not do that. Um, I I don't know where this comes up, but I get two or three phone calls every week for somebody wanting to give me a truck or go buy a truck. And and I had a guy even offer this week to go pay me to go buy him a truck and (laughs) us run it and put a driver in. I'm like, dude, you have no idea how, how little interest I have in doing this. You know? Well, I think Um, it comes, we've
0: (laughs) talked about, we, we do have these strategic partners. We do have people that we have let in uh, that own trucks that we operate. Um, but that, you know, you got to understand, it's a very, very,
1: very, very, very limited um, and, 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 opportunity. And ideally, the, 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 we started doing this using other people's truck thing because we, we, we know that there are uh, particularly Landstar BCOs because those trucks are already in the system. Makes it much easier right. for us to use that have a paid for truck that's, that they can't find a driver for or they can't keep a driver for and it's sitting in the weeds and it, and it it's just it's a waste of everybody's time and money because it's not making any money. That's a whole different situation than you going and buying a truck and then and then wanting us to put a driver in and, re, and give a return on your investment. I, we don't' I I'm not going to do that for the most part, okay? Uh, but if you're a, if you're a Landstar driver and you've got a truck that's sitting no, it's the right kind of truck and it's paid for, and it's not making any money. And you're about to give up because you can't keep a driver. That's a little different story. Still probably aren't going to take very many of you, but that yeah. gets your foot in the door. But call them in going, Hey, I'll pay you to go buy me a truck. If you'll put it on and put a driver in that, that absolutely is going to be a no. Well,
0: right? I think it's also <clears> probably <throat> escalated because of the number of people that are struggling to operate, I guess. I mean, I don't, we're, we're certainly not an environment where somebody's sitting on an 07 Freightliner and they're not going to utilize that truck because, Hey, I'm going to go buy a new truck. If you're buying a new truck right now, you have
1: brain damage, you know? Yeah. Um, well, but the one, the one I'm getting though, they, they, they're listening to the podcast. They hear the part about the, you know, us putting drivers in trucks. And so they, they want to go buy a truck, they don't, mm-hmm. they're not in trucking. They want to go buy a truck and put it here as an investment. Right. And That's I can't think of idea. a worst thing to, to do, you know, um, because we're just not, we're, we're, we, I, we don't, we don't, we're not here to make people money. We're here to teach people how to stay in business. Right. And, uh, if we, you know, if we want, if we were just doing that, we would be selling what we do and monetizing everything. And we don't do that. You know, we, we just, we're, we're trying to, to impart this education on people who want to listen but I have no interest in taking somebody that's not in trucking and bringing them here and, and, and running a truck for them. Um, and that's just not what we're going to do. You know, we've, we've, we have one or two of those, but those are very, very rare, rare exceptions. One of them being my son. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and a couple others, but, um, anyway, I'm, I'm not trying to be a jerk here or be an asshole, but it just, you know, if you're, you're going to call me and expect me to do that. I'm just going to tell you right now, you're wasting your time. Okay. So now you can call Chris and see if he wants to do it, but I can tell you the answer to that. Okay. No, Chris does so, not want to do it. He has no idea or he not, he has no time. I shouldn't have said idea. I mean, well, man, I think one no of the, time, you
0: know. one of the things that, um, with, with what we do and, and how we present ourselves, um. If someone has no, and I saw one of these comments today on that TikTok that I posted about that three thousand dollar truck, and some guy had some negative comment, and somebody, I guess one of our listeners commented, and goes, "Huh, first timer, huh? You ain't been around here very long, you know?" Um, yeah, because we're not going to we're we're not going to teach you what the rest of the trucking industry teaches you. You do not need a new truck. You don't need a, hell, at this point, you don't need a 10-year-old truck. You, you need, if you want to be an owner-operator, and I saw a comment today, I believe it was on TikTok, you know, well, uh, well what brokers uh, will work with me with a new authority? I'm like, you don't need a new authority. If you, <laughs> if you are a first-time truck owner, you need to lease to a carrier, and you need to get your feet under, yeah, and learn how to run your business before you go out and try to get your own numbers. Because that's a recipe for disaster. And, I mean, we're, we are literally wading through a graveyard right now of people that got into the business 2020, 21, and 22, and then figured out the hard way in 2023 when things came back to normal and the market came back down to earth. And they're like, holy crap, um, th- th- this this doesn't work. You know, um, how, how can I make this work? Well, we can show you how to make it work um, but you're not going to um, you're not going to do that with four or five six thousand dollars a month of overhead you know
1: yeah. um, Why don't you uh, do our sponsor thing and then when we come back I want to talk about something that's kind of in the news uh, in, a, in, a, in a certain way in a, in a, all right you
0: know, well way, so. <clears throat> we are brought to you by mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Power. We are stocking distributors of the OPS – uh, the Max Mileage Fuelborne Catalyst. Um, you can buy those on our website, Logistics.com. I just did a TikTok video of my um, installation of my first OPS. And uh, so if you want an OPS installed, uh, it's going to cost you, but I'll do it. Um, now, you might get put to the bottom of my six-month list of stuff that I've got to do. <laughs> but... Uh, Uh, but you know, the, the great thing about having a a sponsor like Pittsburgh power is we had a relationship with them long before they ever wrote us a check. Um, you know, we, we, you can go back to the earliest episodes of this podcast and we were talking about OPS and the fleet of air air filter and the Pittsburgh power, um, modifications that we put on trucks to make them efficient. So it's a mutually beneficial relationship. Correct.
1: Even back then, those weren't all available from Pittsburgh Power. There was three different yeah. vendors, you know, that now have been consolidated. So <clears throat> uh, Pittsburgh Power is in the business of helping people get better fuel mileage. The products that they have support that, and they're in the business of um, you know repairing uh, diesel engines, particularly Freightliners and Cummins, and um, they um, they have a excellent shop with a, excellent diagnosticians and, um, they're, um, you know, they're very owner operator friendly. So anyway, yeah. call them, tell me, them heard about us here. Thank them for, for, for sponsoring, uh, our podcast because, uh, that helps a lot. So we have talked off and on about how we need to get this, uh, supply and uh, our capacity, uh, situation, uh, under control. And, the only way that's going to happen, obviously, is with the capacity. We finally run off all the ones who jumped in here that created this situation. Um, and I'm reading everywhere now that um, diesel production has been cut by about 17 or diesel prices are up about 17 percent in the last six weeks because of what's going on in Russia. And OPEC is cutting production. Hmm. So we might get the, the final nail in the coffin that we need to get this capacity thing straightened out here as um uh, if this fuel comes back to you know 5 6 7 dollars a gallon um, which it could very well do um, and then we can then we can all set back and relax and and uh, and, and feel like we're going to you know get back to normal soon so AP
0: <clears throat> news oil prices spike as Saudi Arabia Russia extend 1.3 million barrel a day cut yep through december
1: that is true.
0: <clears throat> I I want people to understand I, I was talking with a guy, he's a factory worker, but we were talking at a volleyball game the other night. Just because all of our kids are there, you know, we're all homeschoolers, so and and our, and a bunch of our girls are are seniors, you know. So they're 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 knocking on the door of adulthood. And what I want for these kids in this generation is I want them to be free from the uh, manipulation, the coercion, um, uh, the undue pressure that's placed on kids these days um, to perform. Um, and and I don't I don't know exactly how to go about it um, to to try because even even among them it's well finish school go to college get a degree get a job and I'm like but guys that formula is broken been broken for a while now you know um, because just because you go get a college degree is no guarantee that you're going to even get a job that is valuable enough to pay back that student loan that you signed up for that you probably didn't read all the fine print, especially the part about being non-bankruptible. But you have to be able to put others' needs ahead of your own. And that's a really, really difficult thing to do. Uh, because you have to accept that if you will put the needs of others ahead of your own, it will come back around to you. It will come back uh, many, many, many times over, but a lot of people just won't, um, they're too scared because, well, what if I don't get mine? Well, I just, I promise you, if you'll put the needs of someone else ahead of your own, it will work out for you. Eventually, if you do it long enough. Uh, but it's a just a different mindset than what we have here in this culture. Someone in TikTok is trucking even worth it anymore as a single owner operator? Yes. What our average loaded rate per mile for twenty twenty three is three dollars and thirty four cents. Uh, you know we've got a what less than fifty cent a mile fuel cost. Um, we're we're regularly <clears throat> under. Uh, at or under the fuel, what the fuel surcharge is so our fuels free essentially um, but if you try to do trucking the way the industry lies to you and tells you to do it th- no it's not worth it because they're going to <laughs> they're going to try to, to to lure you in to some big lease payment or to go down to the bank and buy way, way, way too much truck when what you need is something that will hook to the kingpin on that trailer and drag it down the road. That's what you need. Now, what you want is, you know, something different. Well, I want this, that, and I want a hood, and I want chrome. And I, Okay, well, then enjoy the failure that's going to come when you put a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter in front of the things that do matter. And what does matter is managing your costs, raising your revenue, um, accounting and bookkeeping and knowing your cost and keeping up with your numbers and knowing how to do taxes and not listen to truck drivers, you know, when it comes to business advice. Uh, but hell, cause you, I mean, in this industry, it's just filled with con artists and crooks. And that's what's so difficult to be in the position that we're in because if we were just about the money, we could just, I mean, we could just buy trucks and trucks and trucks and trucks and just grab anybody that would qualify and put them in the truck and go haul freight, go haul freight. But we tell a lot of people no when they come into our interview process. We say, no, this is not for you. This is not what you need to do. Does that cost us money? In the short term, yeah, it does. You know, we, We've told truck owners, no, no, you're, you're, you're not right for this. This is not going to work out. Um, but yet the industry is just, oh yes, yes, yes. Here, sign
1: here, just sign your name here. Don't read it. Whatever you do, don't read it. Well, and another thing is our, the way our program works, the majority of the money is made by the driver, which it should be. They're the one right. doing the work. Um, so we're trying, you know, we, 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 we don't have uh, a driver number problem because we have the right number of drivers for the right number of trucks that we have. And so our focus is on making sure that they get the money they deserve on top of the education that they came here for. So that's why we don't all, you know, cause we, we get some of the truck owners that want to come here. You know, they don't understand what we're doing. You know, they don't understand the, 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 how we divide the money up. They don't, they don't understand, you know, that they're not going to get this much money every week. And, and, you know, they, they're not, you know, they're not even first on the, on the list of, of things that we have to do. You know, they're, They're third right above me, you know? So, um, it, it's, it's a, it's a strange concept for most people. When I, when I read that, what you just said there is trucking still worth the money. Uh, it just depends on how you define trucking. If if trucking to you means I can go buy whatever truck I want and do whatever I want with it, when I want to do with it, how I want to do with it, then probably no, it's not. But if you want to get in trucking and run it like a business, take the word trucking out of it because mm-hmm. that screws up a lot of things that I've seen in this industry because people, th- you know, I've been in lots of business for, since 1977, 78. And uh, I've never seen it run into business that's run the way trucking businesses are run. You know, that's only place that's ever run this way. <laughs> uh, but if you take out the word trucking, is getting in business worth the money? Absolutely. 100%. If you understand why you're getting in business and that's to serve customers. Mm-hmm. If you're getting in business to look good and to impress your, you know, your neighbor or getting in business to because you want to fire your boss. If you're getting in business because you, you know, you want freedom, uh, maybe not because those things all come, but they come, you know, after a while, they don't come at the beginning. Many times the business I own, the only person that swept the floor was me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yet people want to come in trucking and they buy these big trucks and they want they want, they want to be the ultimate boss, you know, without having to pay, pay paying any dues and no, no idea of how to stay in business. And that's why the majority of them fail. So, uh, no, it's probably not a good time if you're going to act like a trucking business. But if you're going to come in here and be a business business, it's, it's a great time. You know, matter of fact, it's getting better every day yep. because the, this, this economy is driving out the truckers and leaving the businessman in business. Uh, if you don't believe it, just look at the ads. You know, I know, every day. Say, I'm selling my rig. I'm selling my rig. I'm, you know, um, and they sometimes use other excuses like, well, I'm, I'm going to, I mean, I've got something else. But no, no, no. The real reason is they can't operate. They can't function in this rate environment and they can't function in this rate environment because their business model screwed up. So I, we want put, you know, we pissed a lot of people off here <clears throat> and I'm, don't really apologize for that that's what we do here and we're pretty good at it as I understand um but uh, that would be my answer to that question Chris
0: I mean I've, I've seen it um, you know here lately where I've been doing more mechanic work um, and I and I see I see the opportunity there right but I see the sure. same disconnect, among the people in that side of the industry of, uh, well, what about me? I'm like, buddy, right now you don't matter. The, the only reason that you have um, a, a job is because there's a customer that needs something done. They, they need that turbo replaced. They need those tires fixed. They need those brakes changed. That's the only reason that the opportunity for you exists. And when I look at um, the fact that that I am not trained as a mechanic and could probably bill $5,000 a week with the tools that I own, I want you to understand. If you can go to school, right, to be a mechanic, great. I I I would recommend it. But if you can figure out how to serve that customer and give them what they need and give them value, the the school is not really necessary in that in that point, right? It it's. It certainly helps. But I've seen people, even in our comment section, saying, oh, well, being a mechanic don't pay enough. $5,000 a week ain't enough for you? Hell, $3,000 a week ain't enough for you? Um, Because you have a slave mentality and you want the protection of a job, which is a lie, Right, you, you you'll be when you're an employee. You have no security. Ask Yellow, how'd that work out for them? They weren't very secure, were they? <laughs> Their jobs are gone, and that's in a union. You are your <clears> only security. Your ability to provide value for someone else—that's your security. And. Anything you know, else is a facade
1: when you when you say the word job you know there's the other part of that is is salary or you know what you're paid to do the job and what I've always told people is that salary or that pay that you're accepting that job for that's the price that you put on giving up your dreams that's how what you sell out for uh, because you know, you're, you're now beholden to the person who now owns you. You know, you, you, you come to work or you don't come to work based on whether they tell you to or not. And even if you'd say, well, I can get a job anywhere. Well, that, you still, you just say you trade one, trade one master for another. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Chris has, has lived this because when he decided to do this, a lot of his relatives go, you know, you need to go get a real secure job. You ought not be out here being, get you know, a being in business for why, yourself. Why you know? won't you just get a job? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been self-employed since 1977, 78, somewhere along. And I think it was fall of 77 when it was July, actually, July of 77. And um, I did it for that very reason, because I had my background at that point in time was kind of in the automotive business, car dealership business. And I could see that revolving door. I mean, every few weeks, somebody would come in and tr- change out all the personnel, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what, how, what security do I have in this? You know, why, why do I want to just be a part of a gypsy crew and move around all the rest of my life and just not know if I'm going to have a job on Monday or not. Uh, and I decided then and there, you know, and in 1984, when we had our son, I looked him in the, in the crib and I said, you know, I'm never, ever going to be in a situation where I can't provide for you. You know, I'm never going to be dependent on somebody else for my, you know, for my, um, livelihood. And I never was, never, I have, never have been, never was. Now I did for eight months when I came into trucking, I was a, a company driver for eight months. Y'all can go back and listen to that probably episode 49 or so mm-hmm. long in the name. Yep. but I was a horrible, I was a <laughs> horrible employee. Almost got fired two or three times, <laughs> almost quit two or three times, but, uh, I'm not a very good employee, but anyway, uh, the only security is what you provide yourself. You know, that's what, that's, what's so good about, about the, you know, trucking provides a great opportunity for people to get in business from themselves. They just don't understand how to do it. You know, the industry has fooled them to think that they can do it the way that the industry wants you to do it. And speaking of which, I am shocked at the number of lease purchases uh, opportunities I'm seeing on Facebook right now. I mean, there, there's one of them that I actually responded to a couple of them. Of course, I'm, they delete my stuff, but, there was one talking about this transparent lease, you know, and I'm like, well, if it's so transparent, why don't you publish it here so everybody can see it or can I come and get it and not be locked in a room? Can I leave with it? And of course, no response, but right. Uh, but that's, that's how this industry thinks that th- that you should get in the business is do a lease purchase or, you know, buy too much, tr- you know, they, 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 it, 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 there's just no common sense applied there. The desperation overcomes common sense, you know, on the part of the people who want to, think they want to be in business for themselves. The beautiful thing about what we do here, Chris, and you will, you know, this is that people come here. They, we have a glass wall transparency. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything we do is, you know, there's no, there's nothing hidden here. And some people come here and they, uh, they, they delve into this situation. They learn, They advance at their own pace and there's some that come and they go, you know what? I didn't realize it was all about this. I didn't think that I had to do all this, 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 this. I'm not sure that that's, that I want to be an owner operator. That's a hell of a lot of work. I just want to drive a truck, you know? So they find out by, by being in the situation where they're actually doing the things, you know, and, and look at how many people go to college and, and they, they think they want to go be a biologist or be a lawyer, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they spend all the accounting spend all this money to get this education and very few of them actually stay in the field after they get out because they don't like what they thought they would like, you know? Yep. Well, we, you can do it here and not spend $200,000 in student loans to get, to get, to find that out. So anyway,
0: I'm rambling. Well, there, there's Everybody a comment. There's a comment here that goes with a great story you always tell Larry G says as an employee, I all but refuse to drive a truck without working AC now that I'm a business owner, I'm using 255 AC
1: because it's mine. Crazy how perspective changed. <laughs> yeah, that is, I have. I have a story for that. I uh, I had an employee. had a I had a uh, a uh, employee driver, company driver, driving one of my trucks. And uh, this is long before Christmas here. This is back when I had three or four trucks, and I just hired truck drivers. Okay, and I certainly got one with him. Okay, um, but this gentleman was um, from deep south and turns out he's got seven children and a wife okay um so um the story about the air conditioner is that if if uh if that air conditioner if anything on that truck didn't work i mean i immediately had to stop, stop everything and pull him into the next available shop and fix whatever it is we we fix the air conditioner, we radio we, all this stuff that doesn't really matter okay Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you can't, I have driven a truck in Texas with no air conditioning because I'm understanding what you just said right there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, your, your, your perspective does change when you understand that it's, it's not, it's not all that important. Okay. So he, and he ended up buying the, uh, the truck from me. Um, and I ran into him. A year or two later. Actually I think I called him a year or two later. And I just happened because when I sold it to him, the air conditioner was not working. Okay. He was bitching and crying and everything. But he was buying the truck. And I'm like, I'm listening I'm not if you want to fix the air conditioner, fix it. Okay. I'm not gonna do it. So like a couple of years later, I, I I've we 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 get in contact somehow. I think I called him to check on him. I'm like, by the way, did you ever get your air conditioner fixed? No, no, I'm still I've got it short belted and I'm still running it, you know, without air conditioning. So I mean, there's no way in hell he would have run. He would have driven that truck two years for me, right? With the air conditioner not working, he'd have parked it in the field and threw the keys over it, you know. But that's you're right. I mean, that's the difference between an employee and a business owner. You know, what I mean, right. you you don't understand the, the, the that sense of entitlement goes away. You know, when you become the the when you start shaving the boss, you know, the entitlement goes out the window. You know, so, when I
0: good story. When I bought my truck, um, I had not been in it very long. And I'm, and I'm very fond of my air conditioner. Okay. Mm. I like to, <laughs> yes, <sleep. you> are. <laughs> I like yes, to you are. <laughs> sleep in a meat locker. Okay. The colder, the better. Um, <laughs> but when I, after I bought that truck, uh, and that air conditioner went out and someone quoted me like a thousand dollars to fix it. Um, and I went to YouTube and I figured out and I fixed it in a home Depot parking lot for $250, you know? I yeah. uh, made a, you made a huge difference. Well, now I know how to fix an air conditioner, you know? Right. Um, right. but that, the, you know, you're right. That, that perspective changed where, especially when you understand that just because the certified people fix it don't mean it's fixed. You know, I've, I've, I've learned pretty quick that uh, generally when it comes to air conditioning, I know more than the certified professionals. Um, we've got some good <laughs> questions here about fuel. Okay. Um,
1: on TikTok or uh, on, on YouTube.
0: YouTube. Uh, so TikTok, right. y'all buckle up cause you're about to learn something about fuel. Um, <laughs> Royal rise. Hey guys, I'm a little confused when it comes to buying fuel. You guys take the land star discount out. Wouldn't it be cheaper with the discount? Yeah, we well, that's not exactly what we do. Okay. Right. So I want you to think about fuel and I want you to break it up into three, three things. All right. One is the actual cost of the diesel. Okay, The liquid stuff you put in the tank. Right. Then Mm -hmm. on top of that, there is the discount. Whatever the amount of the discount. Let's say for the purpose of this example, it's 50 cents a gallon. Okay. And then you have the fuel tax. IFTA. Right. When we're purchasing fuel, the only thing we're considering is number three, the cost of the diesel. Now, that's after Landstar's discount. But it's also excluding the tax. I want to know what is the cost of the diesel. Period. Nothing else matters. So when and, and, and before Landstar brought this app out a couple of years ago, LandStar One, we had to do a lot of manual figuring. There was a, a website called Fine Fuel Stops. And we would go to that, and at that time we knew that we got a, a basic twenty five percent, a twenty five cent discount at Loves and um, Pilot, and we had cost plus pricing at most like ninety nine percent of TAs, okay, and Petros. So I would have to look across my route, and I would put it into find fuel stops, and it would show me what was the cheapest fuel. And then I'd be like, okay, well, that's a pile. Let me subtract 25 cents. Or if it's a TA, well, let me, i got to call the number. i got to put the location code in. And it would tell me what was the cost for that location. And I have to add a penny or two pennies, whatever the deal was. Now with Landstar 1, I don't have to do any of that. I just open my phone. And it will show me all of the fuel stops in, in my geographical area. And the cheapest one pops up green. Great. There's the cheapest fuel close to where I am, so let me just tell you. Let's see.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so, right now so we I'm don't gonna, we don't take the discount out. We take out the IFTA and we apply the discount, and that's the, that's the comparative number. That so right
0: now, the fuel closest to me, the pump price, is four dollars and forty two cents. The net fuel price is three dollars and sixty three cents. Okay. 42 cents of that is a discount. 37 cents of that is the state if the tax credit. Okay. So I don't care about anything except three dollars and sixty-three cents. So if I'm going to go out, say to say I'm gonna to go to Illinois, I'm gonna look and see if there's there anything less than 366. Yes, there is. There's 333, there's 330. Um and then I'm going to plan like that, and I'm going to look and see which one's green, right? This this was a game changer. I mean, the, the the whole land store takes 35% of my money's worth it for that damn app, okay? But we want to know what is the cost of the fuel. IFTA is going to be IFTA. There's going to be a return calculated, and we're either going to get a refund or we're going to get a, a credit, one or the other. But none of that matters. The only thing that matters is the cost of the diesel. And because we buy fuel that way, we are regularly in our total fuel cost, including IFTA, of being less than what the fuel surcharge
1: pays. And the fuel surcharge, have they stopped publishing that? They, well, they didn't. They, just, they, start, they stopped publishing it in a way that most VCOs could read it. But oh, okay. there's so much uh, shit storm rays that they, I think they just put it back in there. I think I looked at it today or yesterday. What well, were just fifty six? Fifty six is right now. Yes, right. Yes. Um, and again, Oregon doesn't matter.
0: It does not no, matter.
1: Man, it doesn't matter at all.
0: Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're buying fuel in Oregon, Pennsylvania, California, Illinois. I just named those off because those are the states. The one that has zero fuel tax and the others that have the highest fuel tax doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is the cost of the fuel. Nothing else matters. Anyone that tells you that you have to buy it here in this state because they don't have no idea what they're talking about. Okay. And they, because I don't think I've brought out the BSE 9,000 here lately.
1: Hey, I've got, listen, I've got a, I've got, You've got a the official. Version. All right. Thanks to uh, Ken and Marianne best.
0: Okay, the only thing that matters is the cost of the diesel, period, right? Let me look. Let me look at Oregon. Can you read that? Because we don't. Yeah. Can you read
1: that? The Blue Ribbon BSE 9000?
0: I'm going to go out and look at fuel in Oregon right now just to see.
1: Okay, what's fuel in? Zoomed out too far. Shut up. Everybody thinks Oregon is this exception. It's not. I mean, it might not be the cheapest fuel, but it doesn't change how you price it. How you shop for it. Right. Uh, Chris, uh, compare Oregon and then compare. Uh, uh, okay. So right now. California next to it. Uh,
0: TA and Aurora, Oregon is $4 and 41 cents. That's the cost of the fuel after the land started. That's scale. a net. Okay. All right. Let me go to, let me go to, uh, Illinois. Where's that one over at, uh, Bloomington. 324 Okay. Cost of the diesel. Now, when you go over, let's see. Let me look up in Washington State. Let me see what's up around Seattle. So there's a TA there. Okay, it's 480. Okay, so the cost of the diesel outside of Seattle is 480. The cost of the diesel near Portland is 440. Let me look down in California. Let me go down to uh, LA to where the TA and the TAS are. And the ta is four fifty seven. The tax is the tax. If you want to avoid the tax,
1: don't drive in that state. Period. So the the fuel in Oregon is the cheapest fuel in those three states. Correct. But everybody says, "Oh, no, buy your fuel in Oregon because you know." I don't get a credit. Doesn't matter. If you drive in
0: Oregon, you owe Oregon tax. Period. If you drive in Washington, you owe Washington
1: tax. Period. Doesn't matter. You drive in. This is confusing to you guys. We have a whole episode on this. I don't know the number. It's in the fifties. I'm sure, but we explain all about this and why this works. And 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 it. it, We probably ought
0: to do an updated version because our technology is better now. We probably ought to just do one. If the video, uh, cause if we have better, version 2.0. Yeah. We've got better graphics and stuff now, but the bottom line is worry about the cost of fuel. The tax is a separate cost. You're taking two things and combining them into one. And you're getting distracted by the fact that you're paying into a fund while you, while you've got that pump in your hand, but they're two separate things and you have to separate them. You're going I- to pay that tax.
1: If you drive in that state. Period. Can I, can I add some more to this? Please go ahead. If you want to uh, affect the tax you pay, improve your fuel mileage. Yep. Because ta- the tax is not based on what you purchased. It's based on what you consumed. Correct. So if you consume less fuel, you'll pay less tax. And again, if you guys don't understand that, go do our directory. And is there any way you can do that quickly, Chris, and get the episode number? Sometimes we got to do the work for them.
0: Oh, <sighs> Yeah. Yeah, you start talking while I'm looking. Find something to talk about.
1: Well, I had an idea. I haven't even talked to you about it, Chris, but I'm going to throw it out there and see if we can get some comments on it. Okay. So I had an idea for having a, a segment in each episode, starting maybe when I get back from the, from the beach. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy the basic version of QuickBooks, the online basic dumbed-down starting-out product of QuickBooks. And what if I take 15 minutes of each episode and just go do, step by step by step, how to set it up, how to get, how, how to get started in the most basic of QuickBooks with a basic chart of accounts and just take 15 minutes Is it would, you, was there enough people to be interested in me doing that? That'd be worth the time to do it. And, 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 you know, my time for preparing for it. So if you guys will let us know about that, um, I will uh, consider doing it. it be thus about the middle of October when we start. I'm going to the beach the first week. So, so here's what I
0: have to report. It was episode fifty one, and I believe that we did not start the YouTube until fifty five. I took Correct. yours, so it's going to be. I took yeah. your yeah. episode forty nine, and I put the audio of that on um uh on on the YouTube channel, but I'm I'm pretty sure that we we might not have that episode on YouTube. So we will uh fifty five wouldn't it not
1: be available through the link on our website?
0: Well you can listen podcast to week? it. You can listen to That's it in I mean. any podcast. Listen to it. The easiest yeah. way to find it's gonna be able to go to blue click on podcast and go down and listen to it on the website because it would be hard to go 120 some episodes back. Um, right. But yeah, we didn't start uh, doing video on the podcast until episode 55. So we need to redo the um, uh, we we need to redo the oldest or chicks. I, I was looking at the word oldest. Uh, we we need to redo the episode uh, on fuel tax, and we can probably do it much better.
1: Okay, doing it that way. So. yeah Um, so you guys give me some feedback on the quickbooks thing if you if you're afraid because you think quickbooks is too complicated i want to use the most basic versions i think that i could buy it for like 60 bucks or something i'm not sure might might be a subscription but i'll figure it out and uh i'll walk you through the how to set it up you know how to do all the entries and and everything like that so uh, if you're interested uh, i'll be happy to do it you know a little bit i'm not going to do a, a a long, it's just too complicated to do it one time. We'll just do one segment, you know, a few minutes each, each time. So <clears throat> if you're interested, what do you think about that, Chris? Christopher I, I, I think it's, um,
0: I think it's a pretty good idea. Um, I think we should also try to work on getting some of our drivers on here um, and, and kind of let them tell their story from that side of the table. Um, especially for people that are really trying to figure out, um, if our, you know, system is, is, is for them, you know, right, um, right. mark. So the diesel in Kentucky is 424 and Ohio is four is not better about it. No, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter.
1: It doesn't matter. And you're going to be, you're going to be, when you start looking at it, you're going to be surprised because all the states that you've been told not to buy fuel in probably have cheaper fuel than the states that you do. All right. Let
0: me go to the example <laughs> that we use all the time. And that's, uh, Erie, Pennsylvania and Kingsville, Ohio. All right, so you're right right there on 90. Okay, so right now, uh, (laughs) of course, today, Ohio's cheaper. Um, But usually, and and this is why we tell people you have to check the app every time, because nine times out of ten, the TA in Erie is going to have cheaper fuel than the TA in Kingsville, Ohio. Today, it's nine cents cheaper. And I'm going to tell you what that tells me that fuel is on its way up right okay right. as fuel is climbing I, I will watch our discount shrink okay and then all of a sudden our discount will go to like a dollar dollar10 a gallon I know I know that the price is getting ready to crash but it won't show up on the retail side so right now today with a 78 cent uh, fuel tax in Pennsylvania their cost of diesel is 360 and in ohio with a with a, a fuel tax of 30 47 it's $3.51 so right now if i was traveling on 90 i would stop and buy fuel at the ta in kingsville but there are other times that it, and it, it can be
1: 15 16 20 cents oh. difference that, that 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 corner in Effingham where there's, a, uh, I mean, I've seen 50 cents in that one intersection difference yeah. between, you know.
0: Yeah, in Effingham, Illinois, because there's four truck stops.
1: And there's two just uh, next uh, next uh, exit down. So you really got okay. six the, right there within a mile. So
0: today the swing between mm-hmm. the four stops in um, Effingham is six cents a gallon today.
1: Okay. But That's we've awesome. seen it 50, you yeah. know. The um, thing about it is, you can't memorize it either. You can't go, oh, that that truck stop there is always cheaper because you never know. You you got to check it every time, you know. So that's what we teach our guys.
0: And I don't know if we still do. Used to uh, used to be that uh, the TA in Denton, Texas, and the TA in Wapakoneta, Ohio. W-
1: Wapakoneta. Wapakoneta. What I yeah. say? How did I say it? You said it wrong. I don't. I know said it, it wrong. You, you you insulted a bunch of Native <laughs> Americans. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Right. Um, <laughs> They no, were out. They, they were out of it. Right. I was in there one night eating at the restaurant, and I thought the guy next to me was just yeah. was just screwing with me. He was talking all this Indian, you know, language, yeah. and I kind of offended him. He got he, he got serious. Okay, <laughs> so I got taught my lesson real quick. You don't mess with with you know Wapakoneta yeah. natives up there. Okay, they take that shit seriously. So,
0: but they mm-hmm. they used to be these two that were out of network, and so your discount would be like a nickel, you know. And I remember yeah. one Richie Matthews getting getting his ass tore up <laughs> because it was like, it was 85 cents a gallon difference. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? It was. And I'm like, Richie, did you check the app? Well, no, I did not. It was a TA. I just, you know. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. call daddy and get your ass whipping. Um,
1: <laughs> uh, oh, goodness. Richie, Richie, Richie. Hey, Pendleton. Hey, Pete. Good to hear from you, we're, uh, oh. we're holding your spot, okay? Get your shit together, okay? If we can get you in there, all right?
0: So uh, tell me when, when is it you're going to get rid of Spectrum Internet and how soon and who are you going to replace them with? Because- well,
1: let me, if you all don't know, Spectrum, there's 17 million people with Spectrum, okay? And right now, none of them are getting any football or, and I don't give a shit about Disney, but anything that's owned by Disney, including ABC, oh. none, none of that's available on Spectrum right now. Well, well I get my internet from Spectrum. Okay, and have been forever. So I just I happen to check today because I'm pissed off with this shit. Okay, well now Kinetic, which is owned by Windstream, is in my neighborhood, and I can get my internet from them, and I can get I can buy a streaming I can get who Here's the another thing gets me. Okay, Hulu's owned by Disney ABC, mm-hmm. and Fubo is owned by Spectrum. So I'm not, not going to do either one of those because I don't want to support either one of those two bastards because they won't <laughs> work this out. Okay. So I'm going to find some stream, maybe direct TV stream or something where I can kind of get my, my TV stuff. Okay. Uh, But once I fire Spectrum, I lose my internet. So that's what's going on. But I'm, listen, you heard my story about the yellow pages, right? I feel the same way about (laughs) monopoly utilities Oh, and Spectrum is right there with it. Okay. I'm so
0: so fortunate to have Xfinity here and it literally ends in my, my mother-in-law is my neighbor. And yeah. the Xfinity service on this road ends at her house. She is the last house. If we lived on the other side of her, yeah. I'd be stuck with Frontier, and it's yeah. dial up plus a little bit. You know, this is
1: going on for two or three. It started August, August thirty first, I think maybe. It's been going on for a yeah. couple of weeks now. But it, you know, now look, I don't watch the NFL, so I don't give a crap about that. But a million people do. Okay, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, people are. I, I you have to th- you know first of all. It, it who's going to benefit if everybody drops the spectrum and then just buys their streaming service, you know, right. I kind of feel like there's not an accident here. I mean, I'm, you know, my conspiracy hats way on tight, yeah. you know, over my ears so it didn't blow off. And I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a, there's a, r- a reason behind this. And, well, why, is, I, I and heard, why, is, why is Disney promoting Hulu and why is Spectrum promoting FUBU?
0: I heard you know? the other day that ESPN is still wanting $9 a household. And it's insane. I mean, uh, it, the that that model is dead. It's been dead for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, it it's like truck drivers and the good old. Let's get back to the good old. No, no, I don't want the good old days. Um, now I did restart my YouTube TV subscription today so that I could see Coach Prime put a whooping on Nebraska. Well, he did and, too, boy. Didn't he? He should, <laughs> Do you believe? Listen. I, I do believe. I, I do believe. You believe? Well, I believe <laughs> well, a long time
1: ago. You look what he did for Jackson State, dude. Oh, I yeah. mean, and the guy's a winner. Okay, the guy's are real. I mean, and his son, his son, the quarterback, he's a oh, stud too, buddy. Son, missiles, so, throwing uh, yeah. missiles. I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. Oh yeah.
0: Well, listen, I and of course you know how TikTok is. You watch one video for about four seconds too long, and that's all you're going to see for the next yeah, hour. Absolutely. Listen, absolutely. Coach, is that I, the
1: vortex you keep referring to? Yeah, that's to? that's the TikTok
0: <laughs> vortex. And yeah. uh, I mean, listen, I, after about six videos, Coach Prime had me ready to get jump up and go hit somebody. I mean, I was <laughs> I was motivated. Maybe we need to get him at the event next year. Can we get him, Can we get in there? You think we got the budget? I'm for him? thinking that his fee is
1: probably going to be, be a little be- rich. A little bit more. We than We might get right? get so. Colonel
0: Sanders, but I don't think we're going to get Dion <laughs> Sanders. Okay, uh, I don't think it. Did you I saw? Did you see where everybody was tore up about? Cause, and and this this goes to business because it's relationships. Yeah. Where when they were playing TCU and that boy got hurt and he walked out on the field, yeah, and everybody's like, "What's your coach doing out there?" He told the story. They had recruited that that boy wanted to come to play for Colorado. Right. And for whatever reason, they didn't take him. And so he goes down in that game. And Coach Prime's like, Man, I, you know, we didn't take him, but I still got love for him. So Coach Prime walks over in the middle of the game. This kid's laying there looking at the sky. And he reached, he kneels down he goes, now listen, you know if you don't get back up, they ain't got a chance, okay? So you're going to have to get back up, and you're going to get your butt back in that game. You know, I, yeah, anyway. I'm, I get it. So somebody
1: says on on uh, YouTube. Okay, guys, back to trucking. Okay, so um, now uh, now now Willie, I got to correct you on something. The idea of having the drivers on here in a segment, I already suggested that to Chris this week. It was none his idea; it was mine. It okay? was. So let's idea. get that straight. Yeah. So, but yeah, we I think that'd be a good idea. I think we we you know we could we could bring one on every couple of weeks for a while. And,
0: well, listen, I'm gonna say one more thing about Coach Prime. Okay, if you're um, in business. You need to go watch his speeches, okay? Because what he talks about is work. Yes. What was it? Work. What are we gonna do? Work. work. We're gonna work. We're gonna we're gonna adjust. We're gonna pr- solve problems. We're gonna identify. We're gonna correct. That's business.
1: I mean, but it's it's all he relationship. Talks about, he talks about standards. Yeah, and, and not lowering the standards. You know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I mean, look, he's obviously a great, I mean, he's been, he's been motivated by a lot of great coaches in his life. Okay. Yeah. And so he's obviously a reflection of his, of his, um, you know, of his training and what, in the environment he's been in all of his life. And, um, he's one of those kind of guys. He, and he's you know, of course he's very, you know, he's very flashy and dynamic and, you know, everybody enjoys hearing him talk. So
0: what well, is it? If you, you ain't bragging, if you can back it up, That's I don't true. like that.
1: That's absolutely true.
0: Yeah. Um, Oregon, what is the tax in Oregon? Zero. Yep. Now they have a mileage tax, right? We don't go out there. So we don't, I don't have any practical experience with it, but I believe they don't charge a fuel tax. They charge a mileage tax. And so you have this permit. If you go in there, you have to have this permit in your, it's a weight receipt mm-hmm. that you have to and it's $20 or something.
1: But then but it you, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect the price of fuel. Correct. It does not matter. Okay. It's just smoke and mirrors. Somebody just said they just got back from California and fuel six bucks a gallon. Well, no, it's not. That's the price of the fuel with the tax. And you know, it's, uh, it's not six bucks a gallon, but anyway.
0: Well, let me go here. Let me, I'll tell you right now. So, Fuel. They said it was 440 or four eighty. I know. Well, but I wanted to look at the spread. We're well, talking, and th- also California. I don't
1: know if this person's probably not a not Landstar. He's right. not getting the Landstar discount. But so. I want to say You know, that 35% that they take from us, well, we sh- we don't get any of that back in fuel discount, <laughs> do we, Chris? The
0: pump <clears throat> price at the TA in Ontario, as we speak, is five dollars and ninety five cents a gallon. Okay. All right. So we would pay four fifty seven.
1: What's the okay, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. 457 to 6 bucks that's a buck and a half. Okay, now for clarity <clears throat> per gallon when you
0: are putting the mileage taxes, the ad valorem's, the fuel tax under fuel in our expense, right? I do. It's I under do. a fuel category in our it accounting.
1: Is. It is.
0: Um but it's
1: not you know, it's not a big it's not a big thing well, one way or the when other. When I look at our fuel as a percentage of revenue, all those are, including the max mileage, by the way, that's in there too. Mm-hmm. All, at, all fuel additives are there. So in my accounting system, uh, the fuel cost is there. The discount comes out. And then whatever the IFTA is, whether it's positive or negative, is in there. And then the, um, the max mileage that we use in all of our trucks. You know, it's, and also DEF. You know, we got a couple of trucks that use DEF. All that goes in there. And so it's, you know, it's kind of like giving yourself a cost per mile not including your salary in it. Right. Uh, our fuel cost is, is, is not just the fuel, it's all the things that are associated with fuel. And then you compare that to your revenue. And if you're, you know, higher than 28, 30 cents, um, you know, uh, or 30%, I mean, then you're probably, you're probably out of line, you know? Um, I mean, there was a time when we were in the low twenties, you know, but that's before fuel got to where it is right now. But even and two, the revenue, of course, is affected right now. We're not making the revenue we were in 2021. Right. But even with all this, we're still like 27 and half, 28 percent. So you know, it's still certainly in line. I do accounting for other people, and I've listened, I've got some that are in almost 40 percent. So um, you know, lowers better. <clears throat> Purple Yeti. That's why I always
0: take the toll road, so I don't have to pay the fuel tax.
1: <laughs> Just trying to stir up some. Shit. Yeah, uh, well, let me let me
0: go to the live numbers real quick. Okay, so right. with everything up through the end of August, um, I've got to put the first couple of weeks of September in, uh, or first week of September. But we're still three dollars and thirty four cents. Our deadhead has now come down to nineteen point nine percent on fifty seven thousand eight hundred twenty eight loaded miles, million and a half dollars. You know, um, and, and and those relationships that we've been talking about for two years now, three years, you know, however long we've been have we've, we've been doing this podcast for, right? We're nice. able to command over three dollars a mile because of the relationships that we have, and I can, I, dude. I was laying in bed the other night getting ready to put my phone down and an email comes in at like 11 o'clock. Hey man, you got any trucks near this place in Ohio? And I'm like, not till Monday. He moved the load, you know, Hmm. to Monday. My, my guy's going to pick it up tomorrow and deliver it Monday. They needed it Friday, but he couldn't find any trucks. And y'all, this is a really good paying load. That's the thing that, that kind of surprises me is the number of times that, because I know everybody bitches and raises hell about agents cold calling them, you know, with nonsense, you know, I have great load, pays $4 mile, goes 12 miles, you know, um, pays $48. No, thank you. Um, but y'all, I've had agents calling me in the last week or two trying to get some really good paying loads covered. And I'm like, brother, I wish I had a truck for you right now.
1: But I've sent all my trucks to Georgia where there's nothing. (laughs) Do you want me to give you some updated numbers on how you're hitting your target? Go ahead, please. Plus, I probably got something I need to tell you about the target, okay? I don't think I've told this about this before. But anyway, right now, year to date, we're 11.05% off our target. 11%
0: 11 11 off, okay.
1: Now, but my target, unlike yours is every truck is at 8000 every week. It's never adjusted. Oh, I was not aware of that. I yes. thought you were adjusting it based on... No, no. My truck, oh, my, sure. my the spreadsheet I have is $8,000 per truck every week regardless. So you're 11% off of that. Okay? Well, hell, we're doing a whole lot better than I thought we were then. Well, I shouldn't have told you that because now you're going to want to raise. <laughs> 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 But isn't it, isn't it nice having numbers, huh? Is it not nice having numbers?
0: Uh, Spilly built at What is our, what is our fuel cents per mile currently? What's the best way to answer that? Will we go fuel off of Fuel cents
1: per mile currently. Or cost no, per no, mile. Fuel cost per mile?
0: Fuel cost per mile. I mean, if I go <laughs> off of our latest fuel
1: report, uh, no, that's toll. Yeah, you could you could take my weekly thing. I mean, this, this changes every week. You got to know that, Spilly, okay? Okay. Um, all right so I could go to accounting and get to, for a year to date but it would take me a little bit to do okay. it okay well I'm gonna do some math real quick huh? so, <clears throat> I'm so gonna guess <throat> it's in the under 55 52 somewhere in there come on okay one two three four <clears throat> eight nine and that's with if 57 by the way. 57 okay now that was with are, one you, truck that ahead? had it really high. Well, yeah, yeah, we got some outliers there, okay? Yeah. Cuz we had one driver that had a hard time getting 4 miles per gallon, <laughs> but he's no longer here. So we got some outliers, but yeah. if you throw those out, I I think we're we're going we're somewhere between 50 and 55, I'm sure. But like you said, <clears throat>
0: the fuel cost this past or the the fuel surcharge this past week was 56. It's
1: been 56 for 3 weeks in a row.
0: Right. And I just did an average of our fleet one week was 57. Right. I mean, so, you know, uh, Chris, what is your current weekly revenue goal for a solo truck? Eight thousand. Eight thousand. Uh, yeah. and boy, we had us a good week this week. Uh, I had we one almost ten thousand. Just just
1: almost ten thousand. Um uh, Leon is doing some math for you, and that all looks to be <clears throat> correct, Leon. But you gotta remember our cost per mile for everything is about a buck fifty eight. So, um, that's drivers. That's everybody, truck owners. That's everybody. So, <clears throat> yeah, it, it would,
0: it would be right. Um, 334. 7, be about 233 to the truck. Um, okay. but our cost per mile, he said would, and, and I, when I did that dollar 58 number, um, fuel is a little higher than it is now. One difficult that, that we have, I mean, Larry's accounting system is amazing, and we can tell you down to the penny, especially percentages of revenue and stuff. So's Larry, by the way. He's amazing, right. too. Um, but QuickBooks doesn't have a mileage component, right? So we have to take the information from QuickBooks, and then we have to go over somewhere else and look at the mileage, and then we have to make a calculation to get – that number. Yeah, Quick,
1: QuickBooks is not a truck management software; it's accounting software. So you don't have any. There's no input of of miles in there anywhere. So you don't get a anything per mile. That has to be done outside in a different spreadsheet. So it's an accounting program, not a truck management program. So.
0: <clears throat> oh, this is Carl from last week. Um, uh, the VP brokerage at Ford Air tender reject volumes are higher than they have been in the last year. Mm-hmm. Us brokers are scrambling if you don't have relationships with your partner carriers. Did you hear that? Say that again. <laughs> you know? Say it loud for people in the back of yeah. the okay? Um, <coughs> okay, here's one. So the tax aside, ah, oh, damn it. I hit the stupid screen and now it's popped up right. Let me look over here. The tax aside, does it benefit your taxes? I assume you're talking about Income taxes. Um, listen, I, I want you to understand, we don't make a single decision for how it's going to have an effect on our taxes, right? Mm-hmm. Taxes are a, are, are a punishment for doing well, okay? But we're not going to make a purchase because we get a tax rate. And we're not, you know, we, we don't we don't play those kind of smoke and mirrors games. We want the biggest profit possible. Well, the more profits you make, the more they're going to steal because taxation is a punishment for doing well, right? Um, but it doesn't. It it, it if you the more you make, the more they're going to try to take. But we're never ever going to be like, oh well, we better not do that or. We won't get a tax break. That, that That's not why, that's
1: not why normal and, people in business make decisions. Well, it, it's just like not it's just like not buying fuel in Pennsylvania because the tax is high. Right. The penalty for for doing that is greater than the tax. And it's the same way with here. The penalty for cheating the IRS is far greater than the tax. Oh, okay? yeah. So, uh, you might get away with it for a while, but you're not going to forever. And if you've got employees, you're putting all of their livelihoods in jeopardy, you know, and we don't treat employees that way. We don't treat people that way. We don't do 1099 bullshit. We don't certainly don't, you know, I mean, I give them, a, I give them a tax break that I get, I get to claim per diem as a business owner. I pass it through to the drivers, hundred percent, not the 80% that I can deduct hundred percent. Um, so we we just don't do things that way. All right, so I'm not going to build a business, uh, uh, you know, build a business on on, uh, on cards, a, ba- a house of cards, and then everybody in the program suffer when I get rested and, and taken to the, you know, to the gulag. So it's, it's just not going to happen. You know, we're just not going. Our, my credibility, my reputation, I've worked all of my life for that, and I'm not going to jeopardize it for some stupid little. I saw somebody today. I've been in business so far alone. I've never paid quarterly taxes. I've never, I've never, you know, showed a profit. Well, well, then (laughs) either you're losing a lot of money or you're cheating in line, one or the other, okay? because it's not possible. I love these truck stop accountants, you know, that And somebody asked me a while ago, if I could tell them all the deductions that you could legally get, it's very simple. If you use it in the course of doing business, it's a deduction. If it's, if you don't, it's not, you know, he plays little games and go buy yourself a chihuahua and say it's a security system, but that's probably not going to hold audit. <laughs> you know, you can take a cruise to the Caribbean and stop in Miami and, and pick up a, a, a Freightliner brochure. That's probably not going to fly. Maybe one day of it might, one night, but you know, you, you can't, you, you, if it doesn't make sense, it's not going to make sense. And, and the, the, the rules are this what can you hold up an audit to another, to the IRS person? between you and whoever signed your tax return, what can you defend and audit? That's the answer. Okay. And there's the tax laws are really uh, very, very vague because they use terms like reasonable (laughs) and and those are all subject to interpretation. So, um, you know, it's a slippery slope and it's, it, it, and the, the, um, you know, the, the, the downside is much, much greater than paying a little tax here and there. I mean, look, if you're making a profit, first of all, if you've got an S corp, your business doesn't pay any tax anyway. It's all passed through to you, you know? Right. And then, you know, you can do what, what you want to with it from there. But, um, you know, there's, there's ways to minimize the tax by being an S Corp. Uh, you can save 7.62% of everything you take in by being an S Corp. Um, and if none of this makes sense to you, then you need to find yourself an accountant and, and, and get yourself, In this right situation, if you're if you're in business and you're making more than about sixty sixty five thousand dollars in profit, and you're not a sub sub chapter S uh, LLC, you're losing you're leaving money on the table because you're seven point six two whatever you made gross, Mm -hmm. you're going to pay that uh, that you don't have to pay if you were an escort. So
0: anyway, so Rhett Brown on TikTok asks, looking to put my first truck on somewhere. What's the best way to start? getting a good estimate on numbers for projections. Well, if it's your first truck, um, and, and there's two ways to look at this. If it's your first truck and you're not a driver and you're looking to put a truck on, find a, find a truck that find someone's operating in a truck. And if you don't have any experience in the industry, I want you to take the revenue, cut it in half, take the expenses and double them. And if you can still make money, do it. The answer is no, you can't. Um, I can't answer your question as written because there's many variables missing. Do you have any experience in business? Are you driving? Do you have experience in the trucking industry? Um, there's a whole lot of, um, uh, there's a, a, again, I used this term earlier in the show, there's, there's carcasses of corpses laying everywhere right now. Of people that try to get into this business, because when it pops up like it did in 21-22, it's a cash cow. I mean you you can you can do you can make all the wrong decisions, you can make really really bad decisions, and still make money. And then when the market comes down, like it always comes down, um, then that's where the corpses are and these carcasses that are laying over these dead trucking companies. Um, so if I uh, if if I read into your question that you either have little or no experience in trucking, you need to not buy a truck and put it on anywhere. Um,
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if if you're a driver and you want to put you know you want to put a truck on somewhere, we definitely you know suggest you put it on with a carrier versus getting your authority. But if you not if that's not the situation, um, if you're buying your first truck. Um, you need to go back and listen to a lot of these podcasts because that's what we're here to do. Yeah, uh, most people who buy their first truck and the first owner operator for the first time, uh, over ninety percent of them fail in the first two years. Uh, you might be one of the ten percent that slides through, but unlikely, you know, unless you've got some business experience in the background doing something besides trucking. Um, but that's what we do. That's we teach people how not to be a failure. You know, after they, but hopefully, before you buy your first truck. But if you've already made that purchase, and sometimes we can still help you, uh, Chris. We just got an application, by the way. <clears throat> oh, well, good. Well, uh, which, I, that's a that's a great segue, Chris. Why don't you do a little recruiting ad for us right now?
0: <clears throat> so we have a couple of trucks available.
1: Right, we have two available. No, we have one available. We we have one available. And we have four more that are going to be available in the next. Two or three months. We refer you back to my long list that I have. (laughs) Shit, I've got to get done. (laughs) There's four trucks on that (laughs) list. Okay. Uh, Yeah. um,
0: So we have room for about five people in the next, by the end of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, Three months. We've got room for five. We have (laughs) one immediately available. Uh, And by immediately available means if you, if you s- submit an application and we send you to Landstar, we'll see you in four to
1: six weeks. Right. And it's available, by the way, because the person who was in it uh, couldn't manage to get more than four miles a gallon out of it. So yeah. uh, we had to park company. Right. <clears throat> um, but that's why it's immediately available.
0: So, but what, and what I was getting ready to say right before that is, is the idea of bringing some of the drivers on and letting them, cause I, I'd love to hear their honest perspective, but they're probably not going to be super honest in front of me. Um that first 3 or 4 weeks is 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 challenging, okay? One, you're coming into a new thing. Two, the Landstar system is very 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 different than anything you've experienced as a company driver just about anywhere, okay? Now, if you worked, maybe maybe you worked somewhere for a small carrier, owner-operator, had two or three trucks, and they were getting you broker freight, you may have kind of some experience of what it's like here. But, like, for example, everything runs on email, and that's a very difficult concept for a lot of people, you know, and, and every email that comes is different. You know, this one sends it that way and this one sends it the other way. And, cause, and they're all completely free to to do things in their little niche and how they want to do things. And communication is, um, is paramount. You have to communicate. Um, I, I gave one of my guys a, an attaboy today because he went to a shipper. They said, here's your trailer number. He got there, he gave them the pickup number. Well, it was loaded on a different trailer, all right? And he took the extra step to go around the yard and find the trailer number that she gave him, and he took a picture of the inside of it and said, listen, the trailer number you gave me is empty, but the trailer number loaded with this pickup number is right here. So I have a different trailer number than you told me, right? That's the kind of above and beyond. You have to just think beyond. I had one couple weeks ago went into what I thought was a live unload, and she was like, "Oh, hey man, no big deal. It was a dropping hook." And I'm like, "Oh, hope you didn't just steal somebody's trailer, you know?" Because these are the little the little details, you know. We we have a customer in in one place where there's two agents that have freight in and out of that one customer. Well, Agent A has a pool of trailers, and Agent B has a pool of trailers. Well, if you're hauling a load for Agent A, you can't come in and take one of Agent B's trailers, even though it says Landstar. You can't have it because that trailer belongs to that guy, okay? I had another situation where I had a guy go in for Agent B, picked up a trailer from Agent B. Agent A calls him and says, hey, man, you need to drop that trailer. And I investigated, and I said, well, you need to tell Agent A to kiss my A because we're leaving with that trailer because it belongs to them, right? But who who is going to think about stuff like that? I think about it because I've been here since 2014. I understand these nuances. But if you come into it not knowing, I've seen people get turned around, say, hey, no, 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 you take that trailer back. You can't take that trailer or And then they throw a fit because they think they're still at Schneider. They think they're still at J.B. Hunt. They think they're still at Covenant, right? Doesn't work that way. You have to honor the agreements that are laid forth before you that don't have anything to do with you. And if you get in the middle of somebody's business and screw it up, guess who's going to pay the consequences?
1: You are, and there's nobody coming to save you. The biggest difference at, at Landstar is that you, under, you have to understand something. Landstar doesn't want to do business with you as an individual. They want to do business with you as a business. They, there's a certain amount of business expertise and sophistication that they expect from, you, expect from you. There is very little they want to do in terms of supporting you as an individual. You know, you're not an employee, there's no entitlement here, there's no benefits here, there's no support system whatsoever for you as an, as an individual. Um, it is a, it is a relationship between a business and a business. Mm-hmm. And that, and if you understand that you won't have any problem here. Most people can't understand that. You know, most people should not be at Landstar in my opinion, especially if you're just starting out. Uh, because like Chris says, there's a navigation of Landstar that you have to learn to even be here on top of all the business stuff, which is why our program takes 18 months to go. Through. Um, but you know, what we do here is teach, we, 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 we certainly don't want to be a driving school. Unfortunately, we've had to become one because of some of the things we have to overcome that the driving schools don't teach. But we didn't set out to be a driving school. We set out to be a business school and teaching you how to be in business, how to stay in business, how to make decisions to, you know, to keep you in business, which a lot of you guys need because I'm looking at the questions you're ask, asking. Uh, like what's the best uh, truck to buy for a uh, first truck with an automatic? There isn't one. Okay. Zero. Things like that. We teach. Okay. Because it's, and we're called lunatics for a reason guys, because the normal way of doing it will put you out of bed. 90% of people who do this for the first time, the normal way are out of business within two years. Okay. Broke, divorced, you know, bankrupt, um, back company driver, tail between your legs, you know, telling everybody that you can't make any money as an owner operator. Mm -hmm. Y'all met them all. I'm sure. But there is a way of doing it. There's a way to do this. And every other business in the in the country does it this way. And that is you get in the business minimizing the risk. You don't start out. If you, if you want to start out with a little a lemonade stand, you have a little lemonade stand in your front yard. You don't go down and open up, a, you know, a, 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 a five-star restaurant, you know, when all you know how to do is serve lemonade. But mm-hmm. yet everybody who gets in trucking wants to do that. They want to go buy a five-star Peterbilt, chrome all over it, $250,000. And now, and because I've bought that truck now, I'm entitled to make a profit with it. Well, well no, you're not. Absolutely, you're not. Matter of fact, you you're, you shouldn't make a profit with it because you're stupid. So, you know, that's the thing that will ferret you out. You know, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you think you're owed. You know, the the market will determine whether you stay in business or not. And the market is not going to artificially inflate itself to cover the cost of your truck that you couldn't afford. Nope. That's the number one problem that we have in this industry. Okay. And then you want the government or somebody to come in and supplement that so that you can afford to stay in business. And that's just not going to happen. Okay. It, it's certainly not going to happen as long as I have anything to do with it. Um, now, you, you guys keep, well, I'm not.
0: Well, and that. the same, there, <clears> but <throat> the same goes. There's there's an argument that says, well, we should uh, we should collectively, gather right and we'll demand a certain wage per hour and then the market will have to meet it no 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 it won't if you if you say all right well 70 we uh i've listen i've gathered all these people together and, and we voted and we've signed and we're 75 dollars an hour now okay is what's going to cost for you to get us if you want us 75 dollars an hour okay well if someone goes to the market and their cost of of operation is including your $75 an hour that you deserve, and they can't compete, they go out of business, right? Or they put or they put a kiosk in the lobby. Right, yeah. Or they find a robot to do what you did, hmm. okay? The same thing, as you go buy a $250,000 Peterbilt to pull the exact same trailer that I can pull with a $10,000 freight liner and then you're going to tell the market, well, y- you have to pay me more than you pay him because I have a $250,000 Peterbilt, he's got a $10,000 freight liner. Guys, they don't they don't give a shit about your freight liner or your Peterbilt. They they don't care cuz the only thing they're ever going to see is the
1: inside of the trailer. And so and when, even if and if they did, not they're going to look at you and go, "Well, wait a minute." it's going to cost me a whole lot more for you to do business with me because look what you're driving. You know, you have to understand you're a commodity. Freight is a commodity. I know that makes some of you mad. Y'all think that you're something that you're not. You know, if I've got something to ship and I want to get it from here to Atlanta, I don't care what kind of truck you come get it in. If you've got a reputation of, of, of being on time and, and oh, by the way, we have a way of coming up soon. that's going to record all that called blockchain and and if and if and if you do what you say, I, I I could care less what you come get it in. Um, I I just want it done for a fair the price that I want to pay. Uh, and, and I know see this people, you guys think about this backwards. You think about you. That's why you don't have any business. If you th- you put yourself in the place of the customer, you'd understand why you have to make them first. Now, mm-hmm. if you do this long enough and you make enough money and you save up, man, you can go pay cash for that. people. That's fine. Well, if you can afford that, those things are out there. They're out there for a reason because it's a reward for people who do really, really well. You know, there's class envy in this country. You know, there's people that, that, that do really really well and have expensive houses. People go, well, they must be fucking corporate greed people. You know, maybe not. Maybe they earned it. Maybe they did. Maybe they started out with a, with a shanty and they saved their money and were very successful. And now they have the big house on the Hill. Does that make them bastards or ignorant or stupid or You know, no, but you can't start out that way and expect to stay in business. And that's, what's wrong with this industry. You know, we make it too easy. All you got to do is sign a piece of paper. Now you have, now you're in business. You know, you know nothing about it. Never done it before. The questions y'all ask, tell me right now, you have no idea how to be in business. So, you know, that's what we teach. You know, you come here, it doesn't cost you a thing to come here and do this. If you finish the program, And we teach you all that. We teach you how to be at Landstar because if you're going to be in business as an owner operator, that's where you need to be. Uh, You shouldn't be there until you know how to be there because they have 40% failure rate too in the first year. Okay. But we can teach you how to do this the right way. We'd rather have you before you buy your truck because you probably buy the wrong truck. But even if you have bought your truck, you know, maybe we can help you get rid of it or, or make some decisions about it or help improve the fuel mileage or whatever. But that's what we're, that's what we, and we have very limited availability. You know, we have one seat right now. We'll have three and four more by the end of the year. And then we're good for 18 months, unless we decide to take on some of these trucks that people throw at us every day. Uh, but here's the problem with all that. Okay. I only have one of him, that guy next to me. He's the only one I have. So I can't put more on him than he can handle. And we're at 15. I'm pretty much, I think he's probably about, you know, about at his, at his capacity. So uh, we're not about growing to be big numbers. We're we're about being effective for the people that are working, that we're working with, you know, and producing solid business people that when they leave here, that we know they're going to be in business, you know, down the road. I mean, those guys that bought my trucks, you know, the, the guy I was telling you about the other day with uh, air conditioning, he's still in business at Landstar. My very first guy still in business at Landstar. You know, we've got a guy that just y'all know about Seth. Seth just just became a BCO. You know, he'll be he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. He'll be he'll do great. So you know, we 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 turn out people who understand how to stay in business. You know, uh, because they don't make all these stupid mistakes. So anyway, um, I'm gonna a couple hit, of questions. Came yeah, up. I'm gonna, gonna what,
0: hit some of these fuel mileage things because we got to, <coughs> we got to clear some stuff up. Um. When you're if you're going to track fuel, well you're going to track anything, and when you're going to track everything. Okay. Yeah, you're especially going to track fuel. So um the whether it's a scan gauge or it is a software that is built into your truck, which is pretty much all the scan gauge is reading anyway. Um that there, the information <laughs> you see on your dash is feedback. Okay, And it's based on an algorithm of how hard you're pushing on the accelerator, um, how much the demand is. It's just a computer algorithm saying that this is what your fuel mileage should be based on the inputs that the computer has received. Okay, But that computer has absolutely no way of measuring the amount of fuel that you have actually used. So if you want accurate fuel mileage numbers, you need to track every single mile, every single gallon, every single tank. Fuel gauges is free. Okay, There's no cost for it. There's an app and a desktop version. It's the same. It's all connected together. And when you get fuel, you need to input that. And all the Blue Ribbon drivers said together, before you leave the fuel island, all right, immediately. And, and one of them, I, one of them, I know. I'm looking at you right now. Before you leave the fuel island, <laughs> see, because I have, I go in and we have an official fuel gauges account that has every truck in it, and each truck has its own. And then I have to go and reconcile those with the numbers from the card activity statement. And when I'm going and doing that, I see the entries that that are, they're a day late. Cause I know that when you when you did it the, the next day and you didn't do it before you left fuel island and and you forget to change the date back. See, cause I see I see through all y'all. Okay. Just <laughs> just just write that down, okay? I'm watching y'all. Not anyway. to mention
1: the metadata the metadata. Right. You know, that...
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so um so when and when you're using fuel gauges, let's say that you're on a trip and you see that you can save $0.40 a gallon if you fuel up 400 miles away, but you don't have enough fuel to make it 400 miles, then you need to stop and pick up 50 gallons to get you to that cheaper fuel. That's a partial. And yes, Kyla, you need to track the partials too, right? You can't just track the fuel ups. Miles divided by gallons is your fuel mileage, period. The, the scan gauge is not an accurate representation of your fuel mileage. The PiCar software, the Freightliner software is not an accurate, accurate representation of your fuel mileage. It's feedback for you, and it, it's data that you can use to make you a better driver, and we have examples. We got the receipts. Coach Prime was waving receipts around the other day, right? We have the receipts that can show you that only by changing the drivers, two trucks' fuel mileage went up over one mile per gallon average, okay, just by changing the driver. The tires were the same. The engine was the same. The transmission was the same. The gears were the same. The loads were the same. The trailer was the same. We changed the driver, and the fuel mileage went up one full mile per gallon, okay? But that's being tracked mm-hmm. every mile, every gallon, Every tank, if you want to know what your fuel mileage is. And if you're, if you're talking to me and I say, what's your fuel mileage? And you give me a number that that came from anywhere other than
1: fuel gauges where you've tracked every count, you're lying. You're not telling the truth. Um, Kyle, there is a way to record the, you, you, on fuel gauges, there is a button there that says, this is partial or full. Mm-hmm. If you're doing a partial, you want to click that button. Because all it's really doing is saving that information and adding it to your next fill up right. is all it's doing. But you do have to make it a partial, otherwise you're going to have an artificially inflated uh, my, uh, MPG and, and cost per mile in that particular uh, transaction. But if, when you're doing an enter, it, there's two, there's two two buttons. There's a full and there's a partial. Just click partial. And Johnny it saves that information and adds it to the next time you fill up. So Johnny
0: Witt on TikTok <laughs> says, "I've traded up and worked hard and saved to drive the truck I wanted." Well, Good the keywords right there. Yep. Worked hard.
1: And, and saved. saved. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, Johnny. And I, hey, I above want that, Chris, above that, how is an LLC beneficial to me as owner-operator? Yeah, I was going well, to come
0: back to that one, but we probably okay. need to do an episode on that one too, because it's complicated,
1: but yeah, you can but, try to simplify Just brief. It. I'm not going to go into detail because you can do the research, okay? Briefly, there's no reason to be an LLC, okay? I, I know the late night radio says that you guys go to have all this live, but that's all bullshit. Nobody's going to sue you and not sue the carrier lease to, or I mean, they're going to sue everybody that, that, they, that they can. They're not, that's not going to protect you at all. That's just bullshit. The only reason to become an LLC is to become an LLC that saves you money in taxes. The only way you can do that is become an S Corp. Okay. Now, the way it benefits you is that it will lower your taxes by 7.62%. Okay. Uh, because it only, uh, but it requires you to do some things that you may or may not be doing right now. And one of them is you have to act like a corporation, okay, which means you have to have separate bank accounts. You can't co mingle your money. Uh, you have to pay yourself a reasonable salary and that has to be taxed through payroll. And then the, 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 the dividend or the profit that you take outside of that salary is only taxed at 7.62% instead of 15.3% for the self employment part. That's where the saving comes in. So I'm going to give you that and let you go do the research, but that's the reason that it would that's beneficial to you. Now, if you're not making sixty, sixty-five thousand dollars, you know, in profit after expenses, it's probably not worth it because the tax savings is going to be eaten up by the cost of being a corporation. But if you're making more than that, the tax savings will exceed what it costs you to be a corporation. Okay. And what I mean by that is when you form a corporation, it's like having another. It's like having a baby. You, you're. It's a separate entity. It's a separate person in the eyes of the IRS. So you have a personal tax return, a personal Social Security number, and you have this thing over here with an FEIN, and you've got a, a tax return for your corporation. So those are two different things, and the one of them is a little more expensive than the other. The corporate thing is. So the the tax savings have to be enough to offset that, or it's not worth doing it. So, hope that answers your question, or at least gives you enough curiosity to do research on it. So, just Google L- L- LLC uh, subchapter S, and you'll see all the reasons to do it. So, <clears throat>
0: Larry, does tire size have anything to do with tire size? Does fuel mileage have anything to do with tire size? Hummingbird asked a question. Don't make any sense. I'm I'm, does I'm tire going to assume. Size anything to
1: do with tire size? I'm going well, to assume earlier, that fuel he mileage. He asked a question about a, about a 2.79. <clears throat> 279 I, think yeah. they're, I think they're together. Um, the, the, the three things that determine um, the, uh, well, here's what we're looking for. When we talk about rear inspec, spec, we're trying to get the engine to be operated at its, what we call the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Now, in our truck, 60 series uh, freight liners, we want that to be about 1325, 1350, 100 RPMs. Okay. So, if you're going to drive the truck at 60 miles an hour, or 62, or set 58, or 70, whatever you drive at, you want that speed to be at the RPMs that are, that are the best for that motor. You do that by changing the specs on the rear end and the final drive in the transmission and the tire size. All three of those together, in combination and concert with with each other, are going to determine the revolutions per minute that 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 that, uh, that the engines operating at. So the 279 is a great uh, is a great uh, differential if it's on behind a direct drive transmission. It would not be if it's behind a, a, a double overdrive, for example. Right. Uh, so you don't have all the information there. Tire size does have something to do with it. Most of the most tires, the tires we use are 40 between 40 and 41 inches in circumference. So that factors in. You know, if you change the tire size, you're going to change the number of revolutions per minute. So. Uh, Um, think that's what you're talking about, but but yes, you have to, you have to know three things and you can get the fourth. If you can get the final drive out of the transmission, which you can do that by just getting the model number off of it and Googling it. Uh, you already know the rear end, uh, number if, unless it's been changed and you don't know that. And then the tire, you can just measure it or you can look it up. I mean, we know that a Michelin, uh, wide base single 455, uh, is a, is 40.1 inches. I just know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever it is, you can either measure it or you can go to their, their, their website and, and get the dimension off of it. It's pretty easy to find. And you've got those three things. Then you can algebraic get to what the, what the RPMs are going to be. So, um, fine for
0: X. There was a comment earlier talking about rider trucks. And let me hit that real quick. Um, I drove for a guy in 2008 and 2009 Uh, Small company, 25, 26 trucks. And starting in 2008, he started leasing trucks from Ryder for the fleet. Now, he is a Larry Long kind of guy. You know, he has, he was, he Mm, he taught me, he taught me a ton uh, while I was there. Um, He's got spreadsheets to keep up with his spreadsheets. Okay. And at that time, probably was the smart move for him operating 25 trucks. And they had their own broker authority and and all that kind of stuff. Um, but he saw the writing on the wall with emissions coming. Okay. And he had four or five mechanics that were great at busting down tires and changing injectors and and working. They they had bought, I don't, I don't know, like eight old covenant trucks. That's what I drove when I was there. Two thousand three uh, Columbia with a twelve seven or whatever it was. And um But he said to me, he said, look, with this emission stuff coming, I can't afford to train my guys on all this new stuff because it's changing so quickly. But he did the math, and he could lease trucks from Ryder, and he could push that uh, risk off onto Ryder because when one of our trucks broke down, Ryder would send you another truck, right? Remember, we're talking about people buying their first truck. All right, so a couple of things. Number one, if you're a brand new, number one, you have to have your authority in order to lease a truck from Ryder. They're not going to lease you a truck as a brand new authority. You're probably going to have to have a couple years in business. You're going to have to have some financial statements. You're not just going to walk in like you're getting a U-Haul. Landstar will not allow you to put a rental truck on because... Their qualification process is their qualification process, and I promise you they're not going to bend it for nothing, okay? But that truck's got to be, um, um, it's got to be inspected, all right. Then you have things called release of revenue because they have to pay the owner of the truck. Well, Ryder owns that truck, all right. So if you leased a Ryder truck onto Landstar. Well, Ryder's got to sign a release of revenue to let the money go to you. It's very, very, very complicated. It sounds easy. Oh, well, my truck broke down. Let me just run down to Ryder and grab one for a couple of weeks. It's a very, very, very complicated process for complicated reasons that you can't lease a rented truck onto Landstar. Um, but uh, and I've talked to them. There's a Ryder shop right beside Dolan's place, and I've talked to them before. You know, and guys, it's it's eighteen hundred dollars a week. You know, now they cover a lot of the maintenance and stuff. You don't have to tell you put fuel in it and they take care of the preventative maintenance and they take care of the tires and they take, you know, but it's very, very, very expensive. Now, if you're operating a fleet of 25 trucks, you can probably scale that out and make it work. Lots of companies do. I mean, my gosh, I bet Ryder is probably the single largest truck owner in Penske. You know, really, if you looked at it, I mean, they're. There's, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of trucks going down the road that are owned and operated by Ryder and Penske, but they're, or, well, they're owned and managed, but they're operated by a carrier. It's kind of a business to business deal. But that's something that if you are in a young trucking business, you need to push that out of your mind. That's not something that's available to you. It's too expensive.
1: It's not practical. So it's not something you need to worry about. What you can do, however, if you're at Landstar and your truck goes down, there's lots of BCOs that have trucks that they can't keep drivers in, and they'll probably be glad for you to come drive their truck for two or three months while your truck's getting repaired. I know a so, guy, by the way. Met one last I'm, week.
0: I'm sorry, what was that, Chris? I said I know a guy. Met one last week. He does that yeah. very thing. He yeah. has now, trucks. Now, let
1: me make it perfectly clear. We do not do that. We do but not But there are do lots that. of BCOs who would do that for you. So Landstar's got uh, a list. And, and they're already in the system. Now, the only thing is at Landstar, you gotta, it's either got to be an in-way or, you know, if you're an in-way driver, it's got to be an in-way truck. Uh, it doesn't have to be, but it will, you're going to have to basically requalify if you drive a Ranger truck and you're an in-way and vice versa. Mm-hmm. It's a much smoother, any in-way driver can drive any in-way truck immediately uh, with just a little bit of paperwork, you know. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you got to go through a requalification process. But that's an option for you if you're at Landstar. It's a, a rented truck. Just go drive a BCO truck, you know. Now we did that once. We did it twice with the same BCO. <laughs> yeah. um, God, buddy. It was uh it was an adventure, okay? Uh it, let's, let's put it this way. We had to bungee the the uh the gear shift uh, knob to the dash because it kept popping out of tenth gear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used about five gallons of coolant every day. Uh <laughs> the windshield was so uh sand blasted yeah. that you couldn't see through it. And the mirrors shook the whole time you couldn't see out the mirrors. Other than that, it was a great experience. You
0: know, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh, Spilly Bill, how can you find and confirm an engine sweet spot? Um, Well, they're kind of like... Never mind. I was, whew, I almost well, I mean, you'd about.
1: have to consult with the OEM, you know, yeah. or, or you know, the franchise, a dealer, you know, if you find somebody that knows what you're talking about, but... Uh, you probably could Google that. I mean, we, I mean, we, we know what ours are, so we don't really have to worry about it. But, um, you know, if you find, if it's a Cummins, you probably could call a Cummins shop. Probably could call um, Pittsburgh Power and I could tell you. If it's a PACR or one of, or, you know, some of these other newfangled ones, I don't even know if they know, you know, I'm not, I don't know how to answer that question, but I would start with the dealer. Uh, service manager or something like that, or maybe even the sales manager. They might have no more know about right the specs than the service manager does. Don't I know. I consulted. I would start there and then go.
0: I consulted the so book what? of knowledge. The Cummins ISX's sweet spot is fourteen hundred to fifteen hundred RPM at there sixty-five miles per hour.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, now find the uh, find the uh, uh, what's the Mac uh, and the Volvo. Uh, <clears throat> all the d d12 d well it's yeah d12 d and d13 that's the latest one <clears throat> yeah anyway that's that's how hard it is right there whoever asked that question so, yeah google um listen man there's a lot of questions can be answered if you start out with the letter g and then had mm-hmm. an o and an o behind it it's it, it there's a lot of information out there so um Oh, somebody said mm-hmm. something about the lug tires, uh, the X-line, X-Line Energy tires. The lug is what used to be called the um, grip. The grip. What's well, still called the grip? It's that's a, what yeah. it's called It now. used to be called the XDN2, right? XDN, exactly. Uh, and that tire is uh, a significantly less um, fuel efficient than the X-Line Energy, uh, which is the smooth, which is the, the closed shoulder tire. Um, that's what you want. Now we had to do one back to your question about, uh, specking and whatnot, you know, we, and we've talked we've told the story, we bought a really, really, really good truck up in side and scene up in Michigan. And on the way back, Chris is driving it in the, in this. When, so when I pulled out of the driveway
0: and got it in high gear, I called Larry and I said, we have a problem because yeah. I was turning like 1600 at 60. And we yeah. bought the truck because it showed having a two seventy nine rear end. Well, somewhere in yep. the twenty two years, you know, later, the guy ch- must have
1: changed the rear end ratio. Well, the guy we bought it from was up the he, he he just inherited the truck. Yeah. he never drove the truck, so he didn't know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, do do, do we figured it? out? We sat down and figured it out. Went to the restaurant, put our heads together, sat down, figured it out. If we ro- if we could raise the um the tire circ- circumference one inch it would fix our problem. Yep. Well, guess what? The grip is one inch bigger. So it, it's not the best tire, but it's a hell of a lot better than 1600. Okay. So, right. uh, so we did that because it was cheap. It was cheaper to put, the we had to put tires on it anyway. So it's cheaper to put that tire on. It than it wouldn't be to change out the rear end. And, uh, at that time with fuel, what it was, it would, we'd never recovered the cost of that. So we are sacrificing probably about, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure what it was. Cause probably a mile per gallon, maybe a little bit less. Um, because, uh, but, but we're, but now we're down in operating temperature as opposed to being at 1600. Mm-hmm. So that's part of that four. you know, you, there's, there's three four different numbers there that you have to have three of them of to figure that out. And, and once we figured out what the problem was, we knew the RPM. Now we had to figure out what we had to do to get it there. Well, we knew what the rear end ratio was now, cause we've got under and looked at it. And then we knew what the transmission number was. So we got the final drive. So only thing we ha- we could change was the tires. Mm-hmm. Well, we wanted to stay with Michelin. So we just found the Michelin tire that happened to be one inch bigger. And guess what? It's the X line, X one, X line energy, um, uh, or X line grip. And that's what, uh, that's what fixed the 455 problem. So, instead of a 445. 455 instead of 445. Correct.
0: So, Evan mentioned the Super 10. So, I did some research on the Super 10 the other day, and the Super 10 actually has the same .74 overdrive that all the other trucks do, or all the other 10 speeds do. So, I've, I always wondered um, if it had like a really tall overdrive in it, because back in the 90s when the Super 10 was a big thing, they all had three nineties. but I think... Remember back in the 90s, fuel was a dollar a gallon or less. Nobody cared about fuel mileage. It just, you know, fuel was just an expense and nobody cared about it. But everybody wanted pulling power. So I think that the Super 10 being paired with a 390 was not a consequence of the transmission ratios. It was just everybody wanted more pulling power, so they put 390s in. But everything that I could find on a Super 10 showed that it had the same 0.74 uh, overdrive that the straight tens did, so I I think it was just you could probably put a super ten with three fifty eights behind it, and be fine.
1: Somebody asked a question: Is can you run steer tires in all <clears throat> positions? And the answer to that is yes. I mean, there's no such thing as a steer tire, really. It's called an all position tire. Yeah, uh, we don't because we want to use super singles, wide base singles. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Kevin advocated that a long time ago. running he ran uh, all position tires, but he was running from. Florida of Georgia and back, but I don't know how well you'd like it if it's, uh, if you're driving up in Detroit, you know, in the wintertime, but but there's certainly nothing wrong with doing it. I mean, it's, it's very fuel efficient. When I drove uh, for uh, U.S. Express in
0: 2000, I had 10 all-position tires. We had yeah. all-position, and I I never really noticed the difference, you know. Right. <clears throat>
1: <clears throat> yes, that's certainly doable.
0: Let's see
1: anything else i'm missing Jer- well it's not yes Line energy d it's it's actually called the Line energy d2 plus i think now or something like that yeah whatever the latest version of it is yes it's it's the best rolling resistance tire now somebody's told us about Yokohama. there's a yoke tire i'm not sure what it is because we just don't i'm we're i'm just a michelin guy um and so but there is a yokohama tire that that is very very i, I think um What's our buddy's name? Whose trailer we're using? Gene. Gene Barnett told me about yeah. a, a Yokohama tire he's using that is equivalent. So do a little research. Well, there I'm, there I'm, was a time we had to buy some Yokohamas a couple years did. ago when we, we couldn't, couldn't get... find the, the Michelins. Yeah, but but yeah, just just do the research. Uh, the only two people who who advertise their rolling resistance, and by the way, others is Yokohama and Michelin. So you go to their website and there's a chart. There are the, the, there's a little way that you can look at it and compare uh, your tire with this, with the others. And, uh, but, uh, but either, and I, I mean, I know a lot of drivers who, who drive your yokes. I mean, I, I don't have, a, but now again, like Michelin makes a really, really good fuel efficient tire to make a horrible one. So you can't just go right. by the brand. you got to go by the model number, but I'm, there is a Yokohama a tire that is, that is very good. So, um, there's not a double coin tire, however, that's <laughs> okay. still waiting on that, that. phone you know, and there's, you know, I know there's lots of others you don't want to deal with, but you know, if a company's not publishing the rolling resistance, there's a reason why. Okay. So well, an hour and 46,
0: uh, I think we probably have done enough damage for one night. I was looking at the calendar.
1: Are, are you, do you have a commitment next weekend? Next weekend, my son, daughter-in-law and grandchildren are here. And so I don't think, if you thought the cat made noise a while ago, I don't think (laughs) you're going to want me doing this with that gang here. Right. Um, So, and plus, we're we're going to the ball game on Saturday, and we're taking them to uh, a a photographer colleague of mine, Saturday morning, having a black and white portrait made to go in our new uh, room upstairs over the fireplace. So we're going to do that on Saturday. So we're going to be pretty busy, so. Yeah, I'm looking ahead now. I'm out again uh first weekend in October or yep. let me look at it again. So yeah, it's first weekend. I will week be on October. the beach. So um, Well,
0: I have uh I'm probably going to move the podcast uh to Saturday because I have volleyball on Friday night. So Which one are we talking about? This which, coming next, week? next next week.
1: Yeah. The one you're not available for. Okay. So you're gonna move it to Saturday. I'm moving it right now. Okay. I just did. All right. Um, and then what about uh, when so you're going to you be back? The following be back week. back from Dollywood? No. The following week,
0: um, we will be in Gatlinburg for a volleyball tournament. So
1: um, you guys will have the Larry Long special. No, uh, I don't think you got Larry Long doesn't have the control board okay. nor the expertise to run it. <laughs> Let's so, they are going to go back and do it on Zoom. There might not be a podcast on the weekend of the 22nd. Um, I, I'm 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 telling you right now there's not gonna be a podcast <laughs> on the weekend of the twenty second, okay? Because I'm not driving to West Virginia and uh, <clears throat> and I don't have the equipment here to do it. So yeah. unless you want to produce it from Hollywood. Well, I, I would say that
0: uh, if, if I'm if I'm thinking right, Friday is the day that my fat ass will be walking twelve miles at Dollywood and I'm not gonna be in any shape. Why don't we uh, take that weekend off? I think we could do that. So we're just going to take the weekend right off right now.
1: The weekend of the twenty second, we are going to we're going to be dark. Okay, yeah. so y'all can talk about us among yourselves, and then we'll get back together and hear what you said. And the following weekend, I'm going to be in Gulf Shores, so you're going to be on your own. Um, well, I've got another one. I've got
0: you're going to be two weeks in a row. No,
1: no, 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 that's not true. Friday night, I can go. Well. We, I might could go Friday night. I, I, I'm leaving four o'clock in the morning to drive 11 and a half straight Well, after, so. I,
0: and again, I've got volleyball, so I, I'm going to go ahead and move that one to uh, to Saturday as well. And Saturday? I'll come up, and it, I'll come it'll up be just a, you? I'll come up with some co-hosts of some sort. So. Okay. All
1: right. Yeah, this volleyball thing is
0: very disruptive to the this, podcast. This, uh,
1: this podcast is just kind of getting in the way of our life, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Huh? Yeah after well, after the 13th we're back to normal for a while yeah so we should be in
0: pretty good shape so well we will uh we will see y'all i will see y'all next saturday larry's not going to see y'all for a couple of weeks so um i'm I'll, i will do my best to come up with some something very very interesting for you maybe i'll have that driver's podcast like i talked about
1: and we can let them but don't do give some them, don't, don't do them all in one week spread them out Okay, Do one a month. Okay, all right. Uh, when I get back from the beach, we'll well, I'll be prepared to start doing the QuickBooks things. So we'll do like fifteen minutes or so each, not each night, and we'll just start from the very. We'll just do the building. We'll start at the very beginning, and how to start, and then Chris, are you going to be able to let me? Are you going to be able to to let me share screen? Um, this? Is that going to work? Or yes, I will. Okay, yes. So we can go. I can go live. Uh, you know, yeah. with I'm pretty sure okay. I can do that. Okay. I'll start working on that program. And we're g- and these are recorded automatically, right? So we could capture <clears> these and put yeah. them together into one at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked about having to have it. Yeah. That.
0: And we also need to do an IFTA. Uh, we need to do an uh, IFTA updated show. IFTA one. And probably so need to do one about like uh, business structure, LLC,
1: S Corp. LLC and S Corp. Yeah, we could do that. So, so if you guys come to the event, you get most of that stuff. Okay. But, you know, y'all choose not to do that. Anyway. Yeah, we had a great time, by the way. I'm still getting some emails from people, and uh, well, Frank delivered to... our pictures. Um, yeah, today. we need to get those. out. And some of them are hilarious.
0: Are they? Oh, yeah, yeah. Is
1: yeah, there he... one of them uh, with a guy with his head on the microphone with the uh, well the head, front the head hand?
0: the head was not on the microphone yet. It was headed mm-hmm. that way. Was it? No. Um, but yeah, there were some really great pictures in there. So
1: well, it was a good weekend. I'm, I'm like, I'm still getting emails from people. We got one from Ken and and Mary Ann Best this week. It's really, really sweet. Appreciate the nice, the nice compliments, guys. It was a pleasure meeting you guys and everybody there. We really enjoy putting faces. name Will a lot of they got Will Willie and Steve Laplan. A lot of guys that are on here every every night. Uh, we're we're all there. We have had a great time and uh, appreciate you guys coming out and supporting us.
0: Everybody Before except that Schneider guy that showed up and tried to tear the sign down while we were doing our thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. I wonder if he's a podcast listener now. So
0: I told him about it, so we'll see. <laughs> I haven't heard from him yet. All, All right, right, y'all. Guys. We're going to shut her down. We will, I'll see y'all next Saturday evening. Y'all be
1: safe out there, okay? I'll talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. Thanks a lot, okay? See ya.